we thought, wouldn't it be great to have this brave little girl who travels around the world and shows kids what it feels like to be traveling and the tingles you get in your belly when you're about to do something real exciting and you don't know how it's going to go, but you just go for it. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hello, hello, it's Aaron Schlein here, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, your go-to podcast for incredible destinations, amazing experiences, and life-changing family adventures. I really hope you enjoyed our five-part series that ran all last week, and that series was about round-the-world trips for families. We had a whole lot of fun. If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to those five episodes, I want you to do that as soon as you can. A whole lot of fun, and it really was amazing. Our friends at Airtrex delivered for us big time with those episodes. We're back to the regular format, just one episode this week, and today we're chatting with Audrey Smith. Audrey is an author who is about to release her second in a series of books for children about travel and adventure and the importance of being a courageous child. These are all things that are just really well in line with what we do here at Family Travel Radio, encouraging parents and families to get out and explore the possibilities that this world has to offer. I know you're going to enjoy my chat with Audrey, and it's coming up right now. Very happy to welcome Audrey Smith to the program today. Audrey is the founder and designer behind This Little Street, a design company that creates a happy world of colors for kids. Audrey is also the co-author and illustrator of a new travel series for kids called The Adventures of Lily Huckleberry, a book series that encourages kids to be curious about the world and always ready for adventure. The first book about Lily's adventures in Scandinavia came out in October 2018 and has already received several awards. And the second book, which is about Lily in Japan, comes out this November 2019. Audrey Smith, welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thank you, Aaron. I'm really excited to join you today. It's my pleasure to have you. Audrey, you recently wrote to me about the importance of raising brave and adventurous kids and how it's so important to make them curious about the world around them. What happened in your life that made you realize that it was so important to raise adventurous kids? Well, um, a few years ago, I was uh, an exchange uh, student in high school, and I think that experience, that for experience living abroad really changed my life. I would say I had an even bigger culture shock going back to... So I'm from France originally. I think the culture shock was even bigger when I went back to France because I realized how much my perspective on my life, on everything that I I had experienced so far, had that all changed. And I had a better, not better, but more holistic perspective on the world. And that really helped me understand things differently. And from there on, I knew I just, I had to keep, I couldn't, there was no going back. I I went back to friends, but I told my parents, nope, I think I'm going to go back to the US and keep traveling. And that's what I did. Well, dig a little deeper there, talking about your, your mindset growing up in France. So what was your mindset like when you first arrived in the States? And then talk about what, what happened during your, your stay here that undid some of, those, some of those early mindsets. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, originally I, I wanted to come to the U.S. because 
I don't know, in France, at least, a lot of TV shows will talk about the U.S. or will we'll say, well, things are like that in the U.S. And I, I wanted to check it out for myself. So I did. And I came here and I was really lucky to live with an amazing host family that uh, also had four children. I, I now have four children of my own, but they had four kids and they loved going hiking and going skiing and we went to Mexico and Colorado. We went, we went to lots of different states and places and uh, also seeing their way of living, which was very different from what I grew up with. My parents were really hard workers and, and the weekends were spent kind of catching up on chores and to live with a family that had also a different way of living their life. That also opened up my own mind as to how we can raise kids in very different ways. To me, that sounds counter to a lot of things you hear about the, the European lifestyle versus the American lifestyle. The way you described your parents being the, the hard workers, workaholics, and the weekend spending chores, that sounds very, very American. And then what we always hear is that the Europeans have the much more laid back lifestyle. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think my parents are very... Uh, stereotypical although my dad is very stereotypical French he's you know like swine and cheese and having you know dinners with friends and he speaks loudly and like singing and you know he'll wear his speedos in the summer when we have guests around and that doesn't bother him so <laughs> you <Sorry>. know <laughs> no it's fine, I was you know? trying not to come <laughs> unglued when you said that but I, I it didn't do a very good job it's it shocked, it shocked my husband the first time he saw my dad in our backyard and serving wine and he's in his Speedo. And my husband's like, what is up with this? I'm like, no, it's just the way. So in some ways, my parents are very stereotypical, but they, they worked a lot. So as far as that goes, um, and I don't know, I mean, French people work a lot. My parents are, are especially, you know, workaholics. So it was just refreshing for me to come here. And like you said, you know, maybe the family I live with wasn't very stereotypical, although they worked hard. My host mother, um, I'm still in touch with them. She's a nurse. Uh, she worked in the cancer center and they all worked uh, long hours, but they also had a very nice uh, balance and they love discovering new things and, and, and traveling and going on adventures and that kind of, yeah, reset, reset my mind a little bit. Well, you have... You, Audrey, have a, a multicultural family. You write about uh, in your bio, your Danish Viking of a husband. Tell me <laughs> about him. Right. Where'd, you, where'd you meet your Viking? Okay, that's a, that's a, sto- that's a story of its own. Um, my husband and I met uh, at a time when I was working in Ireland for a big company. So I was the French girl working in Ireland, and he was the Danish uh, guy working in London at the time. And we met when I had just been back from the U.S. for about three or four months. And he was actually on his way to the U.S. Uh, He was being transferred with his company. So there's this just, you know, three, four months where we're at the same time in Europe, not even in the same country. And we happened to meet and fell in love and, and followed each other. So that kind of set the tone for how we've lived our life and decided to kind of raise our family. So tell me about the the combination, Danish father, French mother, and then your four American girls. What's the multicultural vibe just within your household? 
It's it's very interesting. I mean, um, there's different aspects, right? There's first culturally. The nice thing about having, you know, several cultures in, a, in your household and then living on a, in a different country is you can kind of pick and choose what you like from each culture and kind of make up your own and nobody's going to judge you for anything. And they're like, oh, okay, you're, you're doing that. I'm like, yep, I like this about France. I like this about Denmark. Let's... Let's put it all together and make our own. Uh, but then also language-wise, uh, that gets a little complicated. Uh, I speak to the girls in French. He speaks to the girls in Danish. They reply to us mostly in English because they're just confused. <laughs> We're hoping at some point they're, they'll, they won't be confused anymore. They're, they're getting there. It's, uh, as they get older, it's easier for them to sort through all the languages. Well, that's certainly gonna gonna be nothing but but positives for them in the future. We having that multilinguistic uh, abilities. So, tell me about the about travel in just within your your family unit. You, I mean, you got obviously got family to visit all over the world, but tell me about the travels with the, your husband and your daughters. Yeah, so we we uh, it's really important for us. Just as like you said, we have families, so it's very important for us to to go see our family and uh, make sure the girls know their roots, know what. What, what makes them. So every summer I take the girls to Europe and we spend a lot of time there. And uh, we also try to, to go and travel and, and show, show them of other parts. I mean, I've seen my girls uh, gain so much perspective on their life here just by being exposed to all of the other cultures that we expose them to and so much um, confidence in the summer, when I go to France, I send them up for a camp in France, which is uh, pretty hard for them because their French is, is, is okay, but it's not that great. And there's definitely a gap between them and, and all the little French kids over there who, you know, talk slang, like, you know, French with like a slang version of French and that, you know, they don't know. I don't teach them that. And, and every summer we go and they're not very, you know, comfortable. And, but then by the end of, of our time there, they've, their confidence just shoots up every time we expose them to, you know, something that's a little different to them. So, so talk to me about then coming back, you know, re-entry back into, into California after having these outside their comfort zone experiences throughout Europe. What, what noticeable changes did you see in them when they get back in their home environment? Yeah, you know, I think when we come back, they um, generally ask more questions they don't assume as much. They don't take things uh, for face value. They just, they, they, they question, they ask, well, why is this that way? Because in France, that's not how they do it. Or in Denmark, that's not how they do it. So they, they, they definitely um, think more and try to understand the way things are a little more. I also find them being more understanding of people and people who are different from them in every way, whether it's uh, skin color or the way people live or their traditions. Yeah, they're more understanding of people do different things and that's, that's just the way it is. Not everybody has to live the way we live. Yes, indeed. So let's transition here a little bit. You have taken your belief in the importance of raising brave and adventurous and curious kids. And you've put it into a book and created a character named Lily Huckleberry. Audrey, who is Lily Huckleberry? All right. Lily Huckleberry. So like you said, she's the main character of our book series. So Lily is this brave little girl who finds herself part of a secret adventure society. And she's given a magic globe with that magic globe, she gets to travel the world and go on whimsical adventures. 
so yeah, our first book in the series came out last year with, uh, with Lily and our second book this fall. And we're starting to work on our third book. Lily, in her adventures, she faces things that she's never faced before. She gets scared. She gets uncomfortable. And we like to use Lily to show kids that it's okay to get scared, to get uncomfortable, that you can push through things and get past that and have a, a great time. How much of your, either your real life experiences or the real life experiences of your daughter, tell me about how those play into to Lily's adventures. I like to think sometimes that Lily is a kind of like a, I, I took features of, from all my girls and, and, and ways that I've seen them tackle challenges. And so Lily is really, she, she's, she's my girl. She's all my girls, but she's, <laughs> she's more than that. I think she's, she's all kids. There's a lot of books out there that, that are trying to teach kids about the world. But I find a lot of those books, you know, show kids what monuments they go, should go see or, or they're more factual. They, they talk about the language. They talk about the population size. We really wanted to write a series that encaptures that, that feeling that kids and people in general have when they're traveling, facing things that you've never faced before, uh, whether it's people or situations. And so we really wanted to capture that in our series, that, that feelings and the tingles you get in your belly when you're about <laughs> to do something real exciting and you don't know how it's going to go, but you just go for it. Yes. I hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just imagining just the, the skill and the talent you must have as an artist and as an author to create tingles in your belly with, with a children's story. And I love it. And I love it that, that it centers around travel. And I love that you're so clear about the why, the why you wrote this book. Was there a gap that you saw in kind of in the literature, literary marketplace, if you will, that you thought you could fill with these sort of real world, real children adventures? Yeah, I, I, I just... I couldn't find the exact kind of book. I think that's why also we ended up um, writing this book. So uh, my co-author, Jackie, she's also uh, lived abroad and, and traveled a lot. And, you know, one, one night we were sitting at, at, a, at my uh, table at home and having a cup of coffee. And we're like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have this, you know, brave little character? And it was important for us that she was a girl because we really wanted to give kids a, a, like a female role model. But... We thought, wouldn't it be great to have this brave little girl who travels around the world and shows kids like how it feels, what, what it feels like to, to be traveling. Not only, hey, here's France, hey, here's Italy, here, here's, oh, there's Venice or there's Paris. We really wanted to, to show kids how, how magical it is to travel. And I couldn't find any book that really did that in that way. So it was, yeah, it, it was important for us. We wanted to mix cultural discovery and showing them bravery and adventurous spirit and, and also weaving imagination and all things kids really um, thrive on. Well, sticking a little bit more on process because the process of writing the book is it's seems like it's truly a labor, a labor of love. And I can, the passion that you have for this topic is coming through loud and clear in your voice, but actually sitting down and making a book like this happen is, is not easy. Tell me a little bit about that process of taking that labor of love and actually getting it out into the world. Oh boy. Yeah. So it's been really, uh, uh, like you say, a labor of love. Uh, the first book took us the longest to write. Uh, that took us about nine months to kind of 
hone the story. We knew we wanted to make it a series, so we wanted to kind of get all the elements right. She has a little catch catchphrase that she says every time she wants to go on an adventure when she gets a little scared. So we wanted to get all those different um, elements right. Uh, now, you know, now that we've done that, the, the second book was a little easier to write. It took us less time. And now uh, it's it just gets easier every time. But yeah, and, you know, it's writing the book and it's it's publishing and it's distributing. We're doing this all on our own. So there's a lot of different moving parts and we work very long hours and we're very tired, but it's, it's very, it's very rewarding. Also, we get um, letters from kids because we included Lily's mailing address at the end of the book. <laughs> and uh, it's been really amazing. We, we have kids write to us and tell us about their adventures and, you know, what they would like to do with Lily and, you know, like little girl that wrote, Hey, you know, I named my bear after you, but I lost that bear and Lily, I would love to meet you someday. And, Aww. you know, when we get letters like that and, and also, you know, we've, we've seen our book make it to places like um, Whole Foods and Costco and like it's at the Oslo airport. So, you know, there's been a lot of, rewards along the way that have made all the work very worth it. Well, I'm certainly glad. And that, I can just imagine you know, the, again, the, the, the tingles in your belly that you must get when you see your book showing up in all these cool places, these big places where they're getting a lot of, a lot of eyeballs and a lot of attention. That's, that's really neat. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that all your, your hard work and that labor of love is, is truly paying off. So Lily Huckleberry and these books are kind of a one component of a bigger business and that's this little street. And I just wanted to share just a little bit coming from my perspective. I'm not a, a big Instagram person look, or at least not in terms of just like looking at pretty pictures. I'm looking more for like just practical content, but I look at your Instagram page and it's just beautiful. Like it's just oh, the, col the colors are just so, this is something that I could never do. I think that's why I'm drawn to it. Cause it's just, this is not a skill that I have, but tell me, tell me a little bit more about this little street and the happy world of colors for kids. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm a happy person in general, but <laughs> most people would describe me as, you know, glass half full and um, always very optimistic. And I've always loved colors. So I have wallpapers and prints and designing pretty things for the home, but now also with the books that have a story on top of it and kind of um, sharing that optimism through colors, through drawings, through illustrations it's allowed me to share kind of that perspective and, and creating stories or, or, or environments where kids feel, feel happy and safe and feel like their imagination can flow freely. That's all very important to me. Well, let's, let's kind of wrap up here and we're going to, we're going to circle back to that idea of raising brave, adventurous and curious kids. Now we know that travel is a wonderful way, if not the best way to, to instill these values in kids, but tell me a little bit more about some things that we can do every day, things we can do in our everyday lives to, to really be proponents of this raising brave, adventurous, curious kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's several things I think as far as raising brave and adventurous kids, I think there's ways every day that we can we can push our kids a little bit to you know every time we push our kids outside of their comfort zone a little bit whatever that means to them because every kid is different and um, every kid will have a different threshold as to what they're comfortable with or not but I see that you know every time sometimes my girl comes to me and they're like oh mom I don't know about doing this I'm kind of feeling shy I'm like 
or, you know, like I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, good. I tell them that's good. That's good. You're feeling uncomfortable. You know, you, you should be because you're, you don't know this situation. You've never done this. So it's normal for you. It, getting kids to realize that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be scared. Everybody gets uncomfortable. Everybody gets scared. And to me, if you don't teach your kids when they're little that it's okay to be uncomfortable, I, you know, they're going to grow up to be very anxious adults because they, 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 you know, they will not have confronted those fears. So there's lots of little situations every day. As far as being curious, you know, there's something I do with my girls every night after story time. I always let my girls ask me two questions. It's whatever they want. They just ask me whatever they want. Sometimes it's about science. Sometimes it's about some interaction they had with kids at school. It, I never know what's going to, sometimes it's highly philosophical and I don't have the answer, but you know, we, it lets them really kind of feel, you know, safe to ask whatever they want. And sometimes I know the answer and they see I have the answer. Sometimes I tell them I have no idea and <laughs> we look things up on our phone, but it's allowed them to feel that, that it's, it's okay to ask questions. That's something we've done that's really easy to do. Uh, the, and that we've built into our everyday routine. I'm going to steal that from you, Audrey. Yeah, I am going to steal that from you. <laughs> I love that. I love that because I and I also I love letting my kids ask me questions and I love answering their questions and I also love being able to tell them I don't know if yes. I don't know because there's this you know this idea. I, it's cool to feel like you know your kids look at you like a superhero who can do everything, but the reality is I can't. And I think the sooner that they realize I'm a human being, the the stronger our bonds are going to become as years go by. Absolutely. And, and that is exactly what it's done. You know, asking those questions, just it, it feels and because it's right before bedtime, it feels special. And my attention is all on them. And, and, and it's exactly that. It's also helped us. It's, it, it has helped us um, bond better. So. Audrey, final question. This is completely off topic here, <laughs> but I am taking my two children to France for 10 days Ooh. next April. What do we got to see? What, what should we not miss that's maybe a little off the beaten track that we're not going to find in every guidebook? I mean, you know, when I talk to people and they say, oh, I'm going to, to France or I've been to France, they always tell me they go to Paris and that's all they do. And, and while it's great because Paris is an amazing city, it's one of my favorite cities in the world. They are beautiful parts of France that people never really get to see. Um, Southern France, people go to Southern France a little bit, but Normandy, actually, that's where I grew up. I grew up uh, in Normandy, uh, really close to this place called Mont Saint-Michel. I don't know if you know it, but it's this fortified city that was built pretty much on the beach and it gets surrounded by water, um, you know, every time the the tides rise. Uh, And it's, beautiful and i don't know that a lot of people go to it because it's just it's it's not in paris so it's not as you know as accessible so if you can if you have any time to just you know pick a region in france any anywhere there's alsace there's normandy there's southern france pick a pick a region and go see some castles and go go see some some things that's just not in paris that always makes me happy when people go outside absolutely yeah and 
we learned a lesson last year. We took our kids to the UK and we spent, we did spend some time in London. In my opinion, we spent maybe one day too many. And then once we got outside of London, we went down to to the Southern coast and then things relaxed a little bit. I'm glad we saw London. The kids wanted to see it and we had a great time, but it's going to be, but we're going to take what we learned there and apply it to our trip to France. We are going to spend some time in Paris. You know, there's some must see stuff there, but then we're going to venture out, rent a car and just start really exploring the rest of France, but we, we've only got 10 days, so we can't see it all. But I really appreciate you offering up some some suggestions there. Absolutely. <laughs> we have been chatting with the delightful Audrey Smith from this little street. And Audrey and I would love for you to check out her first book, The Adventures of Lily Huckleberry in Scandinavia, which is available on Amazon. And we're going to have that direct link available in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio. And please be on the lookout for her next book about Lily in Japan coming out this November Audrey Smith, huge pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Aaron. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun chatting with you. One of the things I absolutely love about this job is that I get to meet and talk to so many incredible people all the time. And Audrey Smith, no exception to that at all. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Audrey. Everything that Audrey and I chatted about today, we've got links to all of it over in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, we'll be back here next Monday morning. But until then, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off. Family Travel Radio.